Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana. Very excited to bring you the Pop Report episode number two with Josh Adams, who's at Midwest Vintage Cards on Instagram. I'm at Cajun underscore cardboard on Instagram, as we talked about last week. If you're not on Instagram, look into it. I'm not going to say much more about that. Josh, happy to be uh, here with you again. This is uh, round two. You barely made the cut. I thought about killing it after the first episode. <laughs> Uh, I didn't tell you this. I got really terrible feedback about you, but everybody loved me. It was right. odd. It was it was unusual. Uh, but that that's the feedback that I got. Did that, did you get the same feedback? Yeah, I got some. I got some real bad hate mail. So yeah, I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> got, had to turn the messages off, as they say. Right? Don't read the comments ever. That's uh, right. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we can get this in on Mother's Day. We both got the consent from our mothers and our wives to do this, and our grandmothers maybe uh, to do this, and so. Uh, so that's how dedicated we are to the hobby, right? So um, here we are on Mother's Day. I want to uh, first. I want to say, like episode one. And this is this is something I'm confused about. Episode one was about you, basically your origin, and I was kind of introducing you to the viewers on my channel so they could get familiar with you and comfortable because we're going to shoot a bunch of these on Sunday evenings. By the way, guys, these are pop report episodes. Are going to release Mondays at 4 p.m. So the first episode, I gave you an open floor, right? I gave you an open stage to talk, tell me about yourself, all your talents. And you left out that um, that you are, and I'm going to switch you guys over here to screen share. You left out the fact that you were um, a hip hop recording artist. I, I did not know. <laughs> I don't like to brag, but yes. I, you know. <laughs> the face. Yeah, so not to be outdone, right? That's a beautiful app that my son's got that he uh, that he showed me where you can modify anything. And I don't want to be outdone by you, so I want to show you that I'm also a little bit talented. I've got a little talent of my own. And so uh, let me just show you what I can do. Heartfelt, Josh. Heartfelt. All right, enough of that. Uh, cool app. That's my son's app. He's he's super proud of it, and uh, he showed it to me. And it's real easy for guys in their mid to late forties to get amused. There you go. It's right there up our We're the wheelhouse, right? Um, we were talking a little bit before we got on the air. Uh, today's episode is going to be a lot more organized than the first episode. So what we're going to do each week is we're going to talk about three primary topics, right? Um, the three topics we're going to talk about this week. Number one. We're going to talk about the last card in your collection that you would ever sell, right? Or put another way, if all your cards were in your house and your house was burning down and you can only grab one card, what would that card be, right? That's that's kind of topic number one. And along the same lines, that's going to lead us into uh, exit strategy, right? A lot of people get into the hobby. They don't talk about uh, exit strategy. They don't think about exit strategy. And I don't just mean... What happens to my cards if I get hit by a train or a bus or an alligator eats me in Louisiana? Uh, we're talking about, you know, what if I'm, you know, 74 years old and my time's come and I'm ready to relax and move this inventory, move these cards, right? We love cards now and we know we're going to love cards for the immediate future. But what if we what if we are ready to move on 17 years from now? That's topic number one. Topic number two, we're going to show the five best Jordan cards we got. That's it. That's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, you know, everybody likes to look at big time cards. You've got tons of big time cards. 
Uh, I'm primarily a Jordan collector. You're obviously a huge Jordan collector, but your collection is so much more broad than mine. More sports. Uh, I've seen tickets. I've seen memorabilia. And so each week we'll kind of feature little different parts of our collection. But this week, uh, because, you know, there's a lot of Jordan content on my channel and a lot of people that like to talk about Jordan cards, we'll talk about those. So that's topic number two, our five best Jordan cards. And then topic number three, we're going to talk about a new auction house that you may know something about called 90s Auctions. Right. And we're going to yep. give you the floor and let you talk about it for those of you uh, viewing this channel and watching my channel and who I've seen Josh before and don't know. He's um, uh, involved in a new auction house that's coming on the block uh, that's going to feature primarily 90s cards. And we're going to let him uh, take the ball and roll with that. In fact, why don't we let's just go in reverse order. Let's start by talking about uh, talking about your auction house. Tell tell the viewers oh. what they need to know. All right. So I am a primarily. 90s collectors all sports and also vintage sports but um you know being a teenager in the 90s was all i chased and being a teenager in chicago in the 90s basketball was the number one thing so you know spent most of my youth cracking skybox upper deck and all that stuff so as i got older and collecting i thought i would start an auction house that focuses only on cards from the 90s so you know primarily the second half of the 90s is where most of the of the inserts and the new technology came in like, you know, PMGs and central credentials, you know, 90 to 96 is a lot of mass produced stuff. Um, so I wanted to make an auction house that only focuses on nineties cards in all sports. So we'd have baseball, football, basketball, hockey, because, you know, in, in a lot of these other auction houses, there's a ton of stuff, but there's really not a lot of broad based nineties material. There's, you know, you'll, you'll have your Griffies, you'll have your Jordans, you'll have your, you know, maybe a, a few Barry Sanders or, or uh, Peyton Mannings, but, you know, no, not a larger swath of, of, of those cards, not a lot of Gretzky's. And there's a ton of hockey inserts that are, that are extremely rare from the nineties that are floating around that pop up once in a while. Um, so we, we made an auction house. Uh, our website is nineties and you can go there now and you can register to bid. Our first auction is going to be in uh, September of this year. So it gives us enough time to get our name out there, get eyeballs on the auction, which is the most important thing, get consignments and just get word of mouth. Um, we have, what do we have? We'll have a site at the, a booth of the national so that people can come in and see what we're going to have at the auction. I'm going to make a, a catalog, a PDF catalog that's embedded on the website. So you can download it and look at it whenever you want, or just go to the site and look at it at your leisure. And uh, it's going to focus on 90s cards. We're going to have a lower uh, consignment, uh, a lower buyer's premium. We're going to have a 15% buyer's commission if you use um, a cashier's check or private or personal check. And then 17% if you want to use uh, PayPal or any other sort of, uh, other sort of means of payment. Uh, wire transfers will be 15% and all that information is on the website. And uh, that's what we're hoping we could offer this kind of unique, very specialized auction to people that are only looking for that kind of material smaller lots so between 100 125 150 lots and there's yeah there's a site right there thank you for putting that up yeah there's and two then, goats right there right yeah right <laughs> griffey gretzky jordan yeah we try to cover all four sports i'm trying to get a football one on there and then because uh, there is a lot of you know manning you know is so overshadowed by by brady but manning still is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Sid uh, Luckman did not play in the 90s, so we he, can't. You know, he did not, which is kind of the only, I think I would like to call the auction Sid Luckman and the 90s <laughs> auctions, but yeah, my partner shot me down. Uh, yeah. 
my partner is uh, his name is John Linden. He's uh, Chicago Sports Cards Gems on on uh, Instagram. Uh, so him and I uh, we operate an uh, an Instagram account is '90s Auctions. Uh, we're on there. So if you want to contact us through there, I actually had a lot of people already contact us and um, ask questions about you know how to get paid, what's the buyer's premium. There's no co- oh there's no cost to sellers. That's the most important part. So okay. there's no seller's fee. You give us the card, we'll handle everything. We're going to try to do four auctions a year and try to focus mostly on rare, hard-to-find things, you know, yeah. essential credentials and just rare stuff you don't see every day like on eBay or something like that. I, I like the idea of li- limiting the breadth of your auction house to a specific genre. And the reason I say that is because I, I think I speak for a lot of people in the hobby. It is really easy to get overwhelmed. Like when you look at – and look, I only collect basketball, right? Mm-hmm. But when I go to a PWCC premiere – or a golden auction, I can get overwhelmed. I mean, it's like, there's going to be like 175 cards that I like, right? Going from 1948 Bowman to, you know, 2020, you know, gold prism or whatever. And uh, I like the idea of sticking in that genre. And I think you're going to find, you're going to get a real loyal fan base and a real loyal group of uh, buyers and consigners and sellers um, who obviously are still in love with the nineties. And guess what? They're all going to be about our age (laughs) because, because guys that are like, you know, 41 to kind of 55, all of us dig the 90s. We dig the 90s. It's the, it's the bulk of our collection. And um, and I'm jealous of you because your collection, you know, spans four, probably more than four sports, whereas mine's primarily one single sport. But uh, but I like that idea, Josh. Thanks. Thanks. And, uh, you know, we're not trying to really compete with the big boys, you know. We're just trying to have that one small niche where if it's a card from the 90s that's hard to find, we want to be the people that have it and that sell it and that you can find it from us. And so I've got this pulled up on the screen. Tell me if I say something wrong. This is a general phone number that if you've got questions at all, any questions at all that you've got about 90sauctions.com, how to consign, how much you get paid, what the stuff, that's all built in right up here on these drop downs. It's all in there as far as about why choose us and stuff like that. But if you want to ask specific questions, I see you've got a Josh at 90s auctions email address up here, which people can email. You can pick up the phone and call the number. Um, I guess the, the cards themselves, where will the cards be housed, Josh? Will they be in Chicago? I see location Chicago. Yeah, they'll be in Chicago. We'll have a, a warehouse where we keep a secured, you know, site where we keep all the cards. They're, everything's insured. You know, we've got all the necessary insurance and licensing from the state of Illinois. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, hopefully run a, run a nice auction uh, in September. And uh, we'll be in the National to answer everyone's questions. Uh, I have my Midwest Vintage card uh, booth, but... I'll be at the national with a with a '90s auction section, and we can uh, hopefully meet a lot of people. And I know a lot of people already. Hopefully, we'll introduce them to the auction, and it'll take off from there. And you and I will be at the national together all all, uh, all week. That's right. That's right. I'll be your minion. I'll I be. Uh, I'll just be following you around. You got to show me how it's done. I've never been there. I'm super excited about it. If you want to register for '90sauctions.com, correct me if I'm wrong. It costs nothing. I think I registered, and it was it took me about two minutes. Uh, you're just going to fill out the information here. You set up a username, password, confirm your email, put your references down, right? Name drop. This is your chance to name drop who you're friends with in the hobby, because the odds are, if you know some whales, Josh already knows those people. Uh, so it, it costs nothing, correct, Josh, to register? Right. right. Yeah, correct. Obviously, yeah. No, no money doesn't cost anything. Um, the references are really for if someone I don't know, someone we don't know, we just want to make sure that, you know, they're, they'll pay for the uh, pay for the item. But most people... I've already, I know already, have registered. It's it's great. So we've had a really good response already. Just hoping for more. Cool. So September is when that kicks off. Yeah. 
Good deal. You, okay. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. You're let's right, go man. with uh, let's go with our five best Jordan cards. Let's uh, let's just show some cards. And I know inevitably this is going to lead to a discussion uh, of epic proportions. So uh, you want to go first? Or you want to go me? Or do you want to go one card at a time? Let's go one, one card at a time. time. You go first because I think you're betting the lead off. You're going to. Uh, okay. Okay. Gonna We're going to go one card at a time. And you know, I'm all my cards are going to be digital pictures. You you actually got cards in hand, right? Don't yeah. give out your home address, please. Don't give, don't let anybody know where you are, in Chicago. Uh, my cards are in the vault because I don't trust people in Louisiana, nor do I trust hurricanes, alligators, swamp things, or, or any other uh, fire, flood, theft, whatever. And I've been through all of that stuff in the last year. Fires, floods, hurricanes, all of the above. So we'll pull mine up first. I'm going to start with a little bit of an oddball card. This is definitely going to be a conversation piece. And we've talked about this card before uh, on my channel. So this is my top five. It's not going to be in any particular order, but this would probably be fifth on my list. This is the 97 EX 2001 Jambalaya, but it is the non-die cut version. Okay, so I want to be very clear. Uh, not a fake card, but not the die cut version. To my knowledge, BGS has only graded two of these ever. Uh, there was, I think, a nine that just sold, actually, on a PWCC auction. And then this is the other Beckett-graded 8.5. So um, that's my card number five. What do you know about this card? I hear different stories. I really should know. If it's one of my five best Jordan cards, I should know a little bit more about it. I still need to get the die-cut version, Josh, but I don't have it. If I get it, I'd like to pair these two together, right? Right. Like 8.5 Jambalaya with the die cut and put them next to each other because I like to do pairings and trios and take pictures. And I'm nerdy and artistic like that on Instagram. Oh, beautiful. I'm um, so my understanding from this card was that it was uh, from the bankruptcy. I believe uh, there should be an embossing on this card towards the, by the 23, I think. Correct. Is there or no? And I think that's how you can tell. And I know the die, uh, the sh it looks like it's, sheet cut right is that that's my understanding of this card that's sheet cut for sure yeah because it's not die cut and i know no. there are people out there that try to take these sheet cuts non-die cut and die cut them themselves and those of course would be considered altered right altered cards oh, yeah this is oh, not yeah. an altered card but at the same time we're all familiar enough with the jambalaya to know that yeah. the correct version is the die cut version this one's not i really feel like i should know a little bit more about the story but honestly josh i really don't so, um, but anyway, I kind of picked it up early on in my collecting career for a pretty decent price. It's probably mm -hmm. worth about the same as what I picked it up at. It's obviously not taken off and exploded like the true die cut jambalaya, but yeah. nevertheless, there's your card number five for me. Let's go with you. Let's see what you got. It's pretty. That's a nice looking card. So my card number five is the 93. Here, whoa, there you go. There Can we you go. See this okay? Yeah. Go back a little bit. Yep. There you go. It's a 9798 SP Authentic uh, Sign of the Times trade card. And you would get this in a pack. I believe there's a, it's a 23-card set. You get these in packs, and you send them into Upper Deck, and they'd send you back the same card, but it's autographed on the, back, on, on the bottom. So, I mean, the Jordan, I think, one sold a couple years ago for around 25, 30 Gs. It's, it's rare. It, it almost never pops up as an autograph. So this will have to do until I can well, get the autograph. What's the expiration date on sending that in and getting an autograph? So I missed the expir expiration date by three days. It's uh, 510. However, I also missed it by 23 years. So it's <laughs> 1999. So 510.99 I had to, to hand this in. So I just think it's so cool close. that this is something that a kid would have pulled and you probably would have lost his mind. Send it in, gets a Jordan autograph. 
What I don't understand is why this card never was sent in then. Unless it, well, actually, no, unless it was pulled from a pack way after 99 then. So, so when you send it in, you obviously don't get that card back and the autograph. Once you send that in, it's presumably supposed to be destroyed. Right. Or punched or hole punched or whatever. Right. And then you just get the autograph back. Yeah. So, so why is that card in a top loader in a penny sleeve instead of a slab? Uh, I just never had uh, – I bought this in G uh, January or February 2020. Okay. From PWCC when they were still on eBay. And I just never sent it in. And I was yeah. going to – I'm like, yeah, I, I don't really need it in a slab, but I love the card stock. It's it's not that thick. It's not that thin. And right. it's like the lines. I just love the way this card presents. I should cut, get it right? in a slab. It's die cut at the top, huh? It is. Oh, yeah. Die cuts are my favorite. I, I And on the bottom, too. I, I yeah. Can't bottom. Josh, they'll, they will – like PSA and BGS or SGC will grade that, right? Oh, they will. There, there's a yeah. different trade card on eBay right now that I'm, I'm probably shouldn't have just said this, but there's a different trade card I'm looking at right now. So it's not die cut, but – You're the worst at that. You're, all, you're always doing that. You're always telling people what you're bidding on. Oh, I know. Like, hey, let the best man win. There you go. It's up. It's, it's at auction. I'm going for it. Good luck. Get the guns a-blazing. It's only a matter of time before you tell people what your max bid on a card is. All right, okay. next on my list, card number four. Uh, and we, it does look like we're kind of going in order. So this is card number four on my list, right? So I, this is where I get boring, right? I am a humongous 1986 Fleer fan. Awesome. I've got uh, six 1986 Fleer sets. I'm sad and excited to say that my 1986 Fleer PSA 10 set with stickers, yes, the Kareem sticker as well, is going up for auction. It's actually three of the cards, the Jeff Malone, the Johnny Moore, and the Kareem are already on PWCC May premiere auction. That ends on May 21st. Oh, great. And then uh, that's why, like we talked about, I'm going to throw up every morning and every evening just from pure anxiety, right? Uh, and then all of the rest of the cards are going to be in an upcoming weekly auction that I think is going to end the day after. So it's probably going to end on the 22nd uh, of May. The other one, and I'm not selling uh, this Jordan and I'm not selling my 57 base Jordan PSA 10, mm -hmm. but I'm selling the other 141 PSA 10s that I have. But this sticker here, I'm super proud of. The pop on the sticker is uh, about one third of, uh, of the base card. Huh. And uh, the value of the sticker has kind of been hovering a little bit, but it's about a little bit less than one half of the base card. And it's obviously because, you know, people recognize, well, again, we don't want to get into the star versus Fleer debate, but right. uh, there is no argument that the sticker is the true rookie card. But people would argue, some people, a portion of the hobby would argue the 86 Fleer 57, the base card, is his true rookie card. And so the, for that reason, it trails a little bit. But I like this copy of it. I think it's super clean. I've looked at it a million times over and over. I don't see any diamond cut, which is pretty common. There's obviously no gum, you know, gum issues on the back, gum stain issues. And even the back centering, there's a teeny tiny bit maybe of diamond cut at the top, kind of. But the centering's pretty good. And I know PSA is a little bit more lenient on the centering on the back of these cards than, than on the front uh, of the cards. So I'm happy to have it. That's number four on my list. That's killer, man. That's a great looking card. And that's hard to find centered, isn't it? It is very hard to find centered. I think there's a hundred and some change. So it's about a third of the pop. You know, it's about a third of the pop. What you got? Number four. Four is a 97 row zero. Uh, Jordan. Oh gosh. It, it is out of 250. And if you can see that there, and I love this card because in person it just it, it's sparkly and shiny and everything I like about cards. And I bought this, uh, I bought this on eBay for like uh, I think a thousand bucks. Uh April, I think it was April 90 uh 2019 or, oh, or end of the yeah. end of April, end of 2019. And uh, you know, good way to tell 
there's a lot of fakes of these. And the good way to tell the fakes are the, the this is gold is the is the authentic one. The silvers are the uh, the fake ones. Those are and, the little tidbits you guys know, and, and we're. I've got a group of guys and, and we're in a group of guys who just know anything and everything. And it's invaluable. Like those are things that I have no clue. Like I don't know. That's a legacy collection, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. row zero. And then there's also a, uh, this, there's also one of these out of a hundred as well. So this yeah. is the, only the, only the two fifty one. There's a version out of a hundred too. That I- little things like that, Josh, like looking for the gold serial number instead of silver. This is fake. That's fake. You know, where the serial number, the shape of the zeros. Right. I hear people talk about, you know, as far as depicting what's authentic and what's counterfeit, that's the kind of stuff I just haven't been around long enough. I'll tell you, I've been around about six years. I've been collecting Jordans for pushing three years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know these things. And so it's, it's invaluable to have somebody in the hobby, you know, for those of you who are new or looking to get in the Jordan market, go find a goat, go find a Josh, go find a Midwest vintage cards that you can ask questions about like that, about real fake and stuff like that. And there's great resources on Instagram and Facebook as well. Groups oh, yeah. where you can ask, Thousands of people, literally tens of thousands of people at once, uh, you know, real fake. What am I looking for? Does this look right to you? Something seems off about this card. Uh, sure. I mean, it, it, how did you start educate yourself? Is it just 25 plus years of doing it? So, yeah. And then just, you know, looking around because I knew these these are, you know, Jordan 90 stuff is highly counterfeit. So is the 86 Fleer, right? So before I buy stuff, I like to read up on them, just do research on it, ask questions. Uh, there's stuff on, you know, actually blowout for as terrible as it can be. There's some really good resources on there. You just got to sift through the yeah. junk to find it. And, uh, yeah, ask questions. You ask on people on Instagram are in my experience, extremely, uh, giving in terms of their time and, and to share knowledge and share information, which I think is very helpful because everyone's new at some point and you got to help sure. everybody. I think, especially in the Jordan collecting world, when I can speak from experience, when I, first got into it, it's, they're almost overly welcoming because they're so passionate about collecting Jordan cards. And the same can be said for Kobe and probably, you know, messy cards and Gretzky collectors and hockey collectors. You know, when, yeah. when you ask questions about something that people absolutely love, they're extremely forthcoming with information and their patience. And uh, so, I, I, you know, new collectors do not have any hesitation reaching out to to experienced collectors. They would love to share their passion with you and educate you and kind of get along that journey with you. And I'm still learning about stuff too. You know, I'm still yeah. learning about stuff that I didn't know about. Like, you know, we see these weird stickers or stuff from Spain or, you know, that someone has in our, in our group that they, you know, they, they'll find it. Like I have no idea what I'm looking Yugoslavia, at. Yeah. Yeah. Ecuador, yeah. Easter Island, right. The Easter, Easter Island, Jordan. Yeah. The Easter yeah. Island, Jordan sticker. Right. I've never known it existed. Like, this is great. Where, where'd you find this? And you know, yeah. they'll never tell us. Still. All right. Uh, number three, let's move on. All right. I'm gonna pull mine up and let's see if it's in order. Yeah. Nope. We're out of order now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. This is not really number three. This is number two, but we'll go a little bit out of order. I'm yeah. not gonna spend a lot of time on this one. Everybody's got, uh, you know, everybody knows what this card is. This is, uh, this is my pride and joy. It was the first true grail that I bought. Obviously, I didn't buy it at uh, 800000 like somebody did who bought two of them. Uh, yeah. But I also didn't get it back in the 90s when you got your, you know, showcase uh, legacy collection you just showed us where you got it for 60 bucks. But I bought this card at a really good price. Uh, and just like you talked about, about asking around, I was scared to death about real or fake, right? Yeah. And so I leaned heavily on a, a really good collector friend of mine who I met through Facebook. And he actually brokered the deal from another gentleman out in California who uh, I vetted, you know, thoroughly. And, ma- and this was back when, you know, $40,000 for a card was like, 
who does that? That's insane. Right. Why would you do that? It just it was just twenty six thousand. It jumped ten thousand. I was like, well, I'm scared it's going to jump another ten. I didn't know it was going to jump another seven hundred or whatever. So yeah. I was trying to get it before it got to fifty thousand. Uh, so I got it way early in the game and got lucky there. It does have a PWCCA sticker, as you can see. A lot of people attribute value to that. Some people don't. There's actually a, a an eighty six Fleer PSA ten in the Premier May auction that still got eleven days left. And it's got a 15% sticker. So the A is a 30% sticker. Oh. The one that's at auction right now is a 15% sticker. I think it's like a 265 grand with 11 days left, which is way over the recent sales. So oh, yeah. some truth to that, uh, to that, that the sticker adds a little bit of value. Does the Mike Baker sticker add value? I don't know. Everybody's got an opinion about that. I'm sure you've got an opinion about that. What do you think about those Mike Baker stickers? Um, I personally wouldn't pay more money for a card that has someone else's sticker on it. I mean, I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but like I can assess whether what a card looks like. I think, and if yeah. I like it, and I, I, frankly, nines are fine for me because, you know, um, you don't want to pay that premium. You'd rather but, seven nines than a, than a ten. Yeah, yeah, I would have seven nines than a ten. Yep. Um, that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. But also, yeah, the, I mean, but I get people. You know, the Baker. If you're gonna buy something, you want the best of the best. I get it. I mean, it makes sense. You want a, a Jordan rookie. You don't want because some of the off-centered ones look bad, right? Yeah. I mean, they look. They look janky like you see it right away you see it right away the question with the mike baker stickers josh is you know they mean something to some people today we know that some people will pay a premium the question is will people pay a premium five years from now eight years from now 12 years from now will they pay more of a premium or will they totally ignore it no one really knows that uh and i've never really looked into it you know a a couple people have been like why didn't you get a mike baker sticker on your blah 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 and i'm like i don't know i've never really thought about it uh just Because to me, I just want the card. I don't, I don't, I don't really care what it's worth or what it could sell for. I'm not selling that one. Uh, so that's my card number three. Uh, and uh, let's move on to you. Okay, card number three. What you got? Wait, can you go back to your Jordan? Yeah. Do you know about the Fleer, the arrow, to tell if it's real or not? Yeah, the darker, yeah, the darker okay. shade. Yeah, let's let's zoom in. Tell tell us about it. So on the arrow by the premiere, you can tell if it's authentic, it's going to be a darker color than the premiere yellow background. If it's fake, it's going to be probably the same. Yours yep. is much different. Hopefully so, mine's real. Or yeah, yours, explain got, this is pre-Nat, but Nat would have some explaining to do. There's, there's, uh, <laughs> and the arrow is one of the indicia of whether right. it's real or not. There's, decimal points on the back there's a yes. you know again there's the bull's eyes if you zoom in you can't even get close enough but if you zoom into the bull's eyes there's the way this little jerry west uh nba logo symbol appears there's the uh yeah. you know there's a there's a really good article and i've got it saved um uh, i've never bought a raw jordan uh me uh 57 uh no. in my life and i and i never will i can just tell everybody watching i will never buy a real jordan as long as i live not a, mm-hmm. not a 57 i have no reason to do that um, you know, cause I've got what I need, but there's a fantastic article. If anybody is ever trying to distinguish real from fake and in the 86 Fleer Facebook page, there is a bevy of information and, uh, you can go find that article and it tells you like, it's literally like 20 or 30 ways to spot a real from a fake because there's awesome. different types of fakes out there. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. It tells on how to spot it. I don't know all of them. I didn't memorize it because it didn't matter to me, but I know it's there. And so that's something for anybody looking to buy an 86 Fleer Jordan, it's something for them to kind of keep in mind and to go find that before you do it. Um, and, and then also shoot it out to that 86 Fleer Facebook page. I cannot stress enough. That group is an incredible group of human beings. Like that, chasing those 86 Fleer sets that I have is one of the funnest times I've ever had in the hobby. Those guys were incredibly helpful and supportive. 
And so I try to chip in and kind of now support the guys that are trying to collect raw sets, PSA 7s, PSA 8s, BGS sets. I, there's a guy on there that collect the BGS 9.5 set, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. Right? Because wow. nobody collects that set in Beckett. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Very few. So it's harder to put a 9.5 set together than a 10, a PSA 10. Um, but anyway, that's my card number three. Uh, let's move back along. Let's see what you got. All right. Also, if you take the Bulls logo and turn it upside down, it looks like an alien reading a book. You'll never unsee it. That's for, right. for, for people listening. I, I remember that it. on Instagram. Everybody's yeah. at home. We're going to go try it now. They're going to buy a brand, a brand new Jordan one just to try it. Right? Just right, exactly. All right. So my third one is a 99 uh, platinum medallion. Is that okay? Can you see it? Okay. Yeah. It's out of, out of 99. Other ones are out of 100. See, there you go. And yep. this picture, this is a this picture is important, I guess, to me because this is Jordan's last game. Go 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 that way. Yeah, there you go. Perfect, perfect. Oh, it's gone. It's now. It's, a, it's now a seven, seven now. Uh, yeah. it's important to me because this is uh, Jordan's last game at Madison Square Garden, and you can tell he's wearing the Jordan. He's wearing the Jordan ones. He is he those just for the game. His feet were bleeding at the end. I've never noticed it. There is a piece at the. Um, in the last dance about this, about, about yeah. this game. But this is last, and he's wearing those badass uh, pinstripe jerseys that I think are just so sharp that they should bring back next year when they win the win the championship. Um, so I like that card because I do like the platinum medallions. I love, like, just the the shiny look. You can't really tell on the computer. It's got that shiny look to it. That's, that's awesome. The yeah. There. And, you know, there's 96, 97, 98, 99 platinum medallions. 96 is not numbered. Yeah, rumored to have about between two and three hundred, and then the other ones are you know they're very famous. The ninety-seven, and there's ninety-eight, and then you have the ninety-nine. There needs to be a book. Somebody needs to write a book on showcase stuff because it blows my mind. Like I yeah. try to do these videos every Friday about explore the card, and every time I'm like I'm going to do one on this Flare Showcase Legacy Collection, I change my mind because it's going to take me twenty-five hours to figure it out, and I don't want to sound like an idiot, right? Sure. But at some point, I'm going to educate myself. And I'm going to put a video out there where, you know, I'm going to solicit information from a lot of you guys who know this stuff and have been doing it for 20 years. And I'm going to put out a flare showcase and legacy collection and all the rows and all that stuff explained. Let's put it all in one place. If there's not one already, I'm sure Blowout Forum is a good place to go look. But mm -hmm. it seems to me it's just baffling to me. Some of them are sideways. Some of them are vertical. Some of them are serial numbers. Some of them are not. There's different serial numbers. There's different rows. It's always been confusing to me, and so it's kind of been a barrier to entry, and that's why I don't have a flare showcase or a legacy collection in my, in my uh, collection. I think they're great. I think you got to get get some. I uh, we should definitely work on a uh, video like that. That'd be that'd be fun. Be amazing. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll lean on you to help me with that. That you know what's really fun is that it, it, what's interesting is that in '90s cards people like the horizontal. Right. Oh, I love, even it. The base, I love horizontal cards. Even the base, but in in ultra modern, and I know you don't swim in these waters, but like ultra modern stuff, people don't dig it. Like the National mm. Treasures autograph number to forty nine is worth significantly less than the vertical huh. number to ninety nine. Uh, people don't dig the horizontal stuff for whatever I love reason. Horizontal it's cards. not recognized as the true rookie card, you know, huh. whatever. Uh, and people just kind of generally speaking, they don't really like horizontal stuff in the ultra modern shiny. It, it just seems that way. Um, I'm sure somebody will comment in the comments that they love it. And I'm not saying nobody does. I don't mind it. I like some horizontal cards. There's some really cool, I think it's 2008 Topps Chrome stuff in the yep. Chalk Talk 20, 2008 Topps Chrome. Yeah. I love that. The, the LeBron yeah. Garden Kobe is, is 2008 Chrome. That's horizontal. We love those. But uh, there's kind of been a, a kind of a 
mass exodus away from horizontal cards, uh, it seems yeah. like, in the ultra-modern stuff. All right, so let me skip here. All right, all right, let me pull this up. And so you can tell what's cool about PWCC is when you buy a card on PWCC uh, Premier Auction, they you get that video forever. It's like an NFT, right? Ooh, NFT. Uh, yeah. I said it. I used the, I used the word. Uh, ears just went up everywhere uh, from all the Top Shot people. Uh, but you get like a video for your card. So this is a card that obviously I bought at a PWCC Premier Auction. It's the, um, I won't bore you with the video, but it's a 97 Metal Universe, which is one of my favorite sets ever. Probably my second favorite set ever behind 86 Fleer. Uh, Platinum Portraits. Uh, and for those not familiar with the card, you know, these are little kind of like pinhole punch punched holes that, you know, obviously show the, uh, you know, the face of Jordan on the front and on the back. Uh, so pretty cool card. I don't have the pack odds in front of me, uh, but they're not good. Uh, so I wouldn't go ripping a bunch of 97 Metal Universe and expect to pull any platinum portraits, let alone the Jordan platinum portraits. Um, but uh, a pretty recognizable Jordan insert in Jim uh, Minimum Jim. Josh is one of my favorite grades. Uh, for 90s cards. I know some people don't need gym mint cards, but if I can get a 9.5 min gym, it's almost like I could get three of those for the price of one PSA 10. And I like it that way. Um, I like the uh, ability to kind of grow my collection quicker. I am a snob when it comes to grades. If sure. I can get the card in a 9.5 or a PSA 10, I do it. Uh, if it's a card that's just too, too scarce and too rare, Obviously, you know, I'll have a PSA 6 or a 7 or an 8 or whatever. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but for a card that's actually attainable, I like getting the 9.5 because it's like, you know, the ratio is crazy between 9.5 and 10. Do you you experience the same thing and you're collecting for the 90s stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I would buy a 9.5 uh, at a discount from a 10 any day. And I have seen that in, in 9s also, uh, BGS 9. Oh, the, 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 the pack odds are 1 in 288 packs. Oh, one in 288. And then how many players are in the set? Like 10 or 15, 15, 15. Players. So multiply 15 by 288. Somebody the other day was bitching about that. They don't like the fact that you. <laughs> right. That's like a manipulation of the numbers because you, yeah. you're still getting somebody. Yeah. 288. That's right. But you're not getting. Yeah. But you could get, yeah. You don't want the Charlie Ward platinum portraits. Right. Right. Well, I mean, he won yeah. the Heisman Trophy. So yeah, he did. If you're into he did. His football platinum portraits is what you want. All right. That's it for me. Let's go back to you. That was number four for me. What's number four for you, Josh? Uh, so this was this was tough. I've, I've wrestled with this most of the week. And yeah. So number four is going to be this. It's going to be uh, 97, 98 SP Authentic. You see it okay? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. All right, SP Authentic Profiles 3. There's Profiles 1, which is just um, not die cut, and there's a Profiles 2 that's not die cut, and the Profiles 3 is die cut then hand numbered to 100. And this one is five out of a hundred. It's a nice deep blue number. You can't yeah. see it because I'm yeah. off the screen. There you go. Sorry. It's a. It's about. I think it's a third. It's a thirty card set. I've been trying to build this set for a while. The Jordan is something I I looked for for many many years and able to find this. Found this from uh, Jerry Yuan on uh, on Instagram. Again, without Instagram, I wouldn't have found half of these cards that I've been looking for forever because they never show up on eBay. And they never show up on, I mean, blow out once in a while, but they want like, you know, 20 times what they're, what they're worth. Yeah. And they never show up in auctions for the most part, at least up until the past couple of years. So that, I love this set because it's one of the first hand numbered and die cut sets Upper Deck did along with the next card I'm going to show you. And it's just, it's a great, it's got a little like refractor kind of look, look on it. You can't really tell on the screen here, but the. 
it's amazing. Po like the pose is filthy, right? I can't tell. It's small on your screen, but is that a large one trailing over to his left? Yes, it is a large yeah. one in the back. Good. Yeah, let me see. Can you see that two now? Goats in, two goats in one place. Yeah. Right. And a large one's in the set. A large one's in the set in the in a in a different jersey doing a dunk. So I'm, I, have, I don't have that one yet. So if anyone's listening, please hit me up. There's one on eBay, but it's a pass on that one. <laughs> Uh, the, so the invitation, the invitation yeah. to negotiate the price is a little bit too extreme. You're not going to bridge that gap. Uh, I tried to. It was uh, met with the same type of hate yeah. I received after my first video on this show. Yeah. So, I um, bought a card from Jerry Yuan, and I can't remember what card I bought, but I remember his name. I remember it being a smooth deal, and it was a pretty big card. He's got he's got some pretty big cards, of course. Um, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, and I can't remember, but he's solid, man. And he's got some serious heat. He's got some serious heat as well. All right, so sorry. Yeah, the um, I think I just saw one of those uh, profile. Is the profiles two is not is not serial numbered at all? No. And the profiles one is not only the only the profiles three. And right. the 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 slash one hundred is stamped, but the the numerator, I guess we would say for math nerds out there, the numerator is handwritten in blue ink. That's pretty cool, man. Right. So that is a really cool card. That and a, really cool a card. friend, a good friend of mine, has always his theory was, and I didn't think of this until he told me. You always want to get the first uh, twenty-five percent of the print run of any serial numbered card because it's usually the boldest color and the strongest color. And I, I think he's right because I've seen some that are faded, and it's usually that could be brutal later yeah. on. So I get the. I always try to find the first twenty-five yeah. of, a, of a of a card. So yeah. Okay, so uh, my number one. For anybody that knows me, this is not going to be too much of a surprise. Amazing. Is my 97, again, from the same set, 97 Metal Universe, Precious Metal Gems. Um, I'm also collecting a set, which I probably shouldn't tell people. I have taken a break on that because the prices, to me, when prices run so much, Josh, I, I you know what? I'm going to take a breath and chill out. Um, I recently saw a Rodman go for, let's just say, significantly more than I thought it was yes. worth. And obviously I was wrong because it did sell for that value uh, and I confirmed the sale. So there is a buyer out there for it. And so I'm not going to sit here and say it was shilled because it was a private transaction that happened. But uh, but that kind of sent up a red flag. So I've chilled on that set. But this is my pride and joy. Um, this is my favorite card in my collection. Um, for those not familiar with it, it's obviously chipped up and chopped up. It's got issues. The edges is a 7.5 subgrade because primarily the left edge is a little bit shredded. But anybody who's familiar with uh, precious metal gems from the original year, 97, uh, green or red, just they explode in your hands. So finding these cards in like, you know, BGS 9 or PSA 8 is literally like finding Sasquatch. I mean, it is impossible, uh, especially now um, when you send the raw PMGs into PSA. You're, they're coming back four, five, six. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't seen a seven come back in a very, very long time. And I know a lot of collectors that are set chasing that have sent some raw ones in and they think they're going to get sevens or eights and they come back fives, fours, fives, and sixes. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the number du jour. Generally speaking, with PMG Reds, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in my experience, and it's been, I dove into this in the past probably eight to nine months. If it's a BGS eight, it's generally treated uh, price-wise equivalent to a PSA 6. Yeah. If it's a BGS 7, it's treated equivalent to a PSA 4 or 5. It's about a two-grade gap with this particular card and this particular set. Um, but uh, but that's my card. Here's the front of it. Um, there's the back of it. Uh, again, I've got a video up here, so it's clear. I bought this card in the Premier Auction. Again, 
I was scared to death. What is the card real? Is the card not real? I, I bounced it off like 50 of y'all, right? People that mm -hmm. I know and trust that know 100 times more than me about the hobby, especially from the 90s. And uh, everybody chimed in that it was the real deal. And right. so uh, decided to make a move and move some serious cards around and consolidate to go out and pick this one up. So that's my card number one. Um, I love that set. I love the card. I love the fact that it's a color match. It just happens to be a red, you know. Right. Um, yeah, if you played for the Sonics, it, you know, you'd have to get the green to have a color match. But right. Chicago Bulls, so it's red. And uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my card number one. What you got at number one, Josh? Well, I mean, that's I, I can't even. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna sign off right now because I can't even compete <laughs> with that. So it was very nice having me on. Thank you. Uh, this is my favorite card of all time. Yeah. This is a Diamond Dimensions, and it's number thirty-one out of one hundred. Other yeah, way. yeah, there you go. Perfect. And you can see it. Yeah, I so it's it. Diamond Dimensions, a BGS 8. Uh, I got this a couple winters ago. I had to drive up to Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, if you know, I think you can put, put the rest together. Right. Uh, but I was able to find this. Uh, a good friend of ours yeah. had it, and we worked out a deal. And he said he had it. I, I went went to the bank, and I drove up there in, like in an hour. I live an hour away from Milwaukee, and it took me yeah. probably 45 minutes to get up there. And, uh, like, so excited. <laughs> Got that card in hand. I just, I've, again, I've been looking for this card forever. I missed out on an auction. It was uh, in the summer of 2020. I missed out by like 150 bucks on eBay. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh. When you went up there. When you drove up, did you get a free teeth cleaning? No? No, no. I had a, actually had to buy to buy him lunch. So, you know. It cost uh, you me had to buy him lunch? No, no, no. I'm just oh, okay. I'm about to... <laughs> no, no. He offered to buy me lunch, just to be fair. He offered to buy me lunch. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, Fair enough, not. but you don't want to owe him anything, so you probably should just pay for your own lunch, right? Right. And, no, he's the nicest person in the hobby. Uh, really truly. Can't say enough good things about him. Got me this card, which it's going to bleed into our next question, but I just, uh, again, there's another set I'm working on. Um, love everything about this. It's, again, one of the first die cut and hand number from Upper Deck. This is 97. There's, a, there's another I forget what's called, but there's another version of this that's out of uh, 2000 and it's hand stamped and okay. hand number. And that, it's a stamp, not hand number. Serial stamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serial stamp. And this one, it's, it's number 31. So it's, you know, breaks my rule a little, but I'm, I'm not going to, yeah know, pass it up. But it's <laughs> my can't, beggars can't be choosers on cards. Absolutely. Like that, so yeah. my favorite card of all time, uh, favorite Jordan card of all time. I, I love it. So that's a big time card. card. I don't, I don't have it. I don't, in fact, I don't have a single card you showed. I mean, do you I, have any of the five that I showed? No. Isn't that funny? We're both yeah. Jordan, right? We both consider right. ourselves Jordan collectors. Your top five and my top five are mutually exclusive, right? Right. One of us, one of us is doing something wrong, and it's probably me. No, right? I'm Louisiana. No. Louisiana's always confused, and so it's probably Chicago <laughs> leading the way. Chicago's leading the way. Louisiana's behind. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up some of yours in, in the near future. The Diamond Dimensions is on my radar for sure, and so is the profiles, but they've okay. been on fire lately. And you know, I don't like to. God, I don't like to right. chase those huge run-ups. Those Man. two sets have been on fire, not just the Jordans. We talked about it last right. episode. Well, a Kenny Anderson went for 800 bucks on eBay yeah. two weeks ago. I'm not paying $800 for Kenny Anderson. Kenny so. Anderson, was it raw? Was it graded? Raw. Raw. Well, are, most of the, um, are most of the cards from that set, and I know you're collecting that set. You're collecting Diamond Dimension set yeah. too, right? Yeah. Are most of those cards BGS or PSA? Um, BGS, oddly enough. The ones yeah. that I've bought uh, – Graded have been BGS. Uh, I bought a, a Barkley 9.5 from yeah. uh, in PWCC, oddly enough. And uh, that was a 9.5 uh, Beckett. I saw uh, that card. I talked about that card in my pre. You bought that not too long ago. It must have been a year and a half ago. Okay. Okay. Let me find it. I have 9.5. It's got to be rare for one of those cards. Is a 9.5 like 
That's not normal for a Diamond Dimensions, right? Not really. Not really. Yeah. It's hard to find that card. Yeah. I'll find it. I got a bunch of stuff here. But, yeah, yeah no, that's uh, that's a great set. I mean, it's got Kobe in it. Uh, I was able to get the Kobe pretty early. It's got this crimping on the top, which I think that was a sheet defect because um, I've seen a lot of those cards. That's why, that's why I love uncut sheets also because if you ever want to know why a certain card is off-centered or why a certain card you know, is cut a certain way, you can find it on the sheet, where it is yeah. on the sheet. Yeah. So. Um, well, that does it for that does it for that topic. That topic was just our five best Jordan cards. So I, I think going forward, we fun. can um, we'll modify that. But I like showing cards. I think people like to look at cards, and so we'll think of something better. Like maybe Mail you know, we can't do our five best hockey cards or five best baseball. We can't do that. That would not be fun. It would just be you showing cards and me asking dumb <laughs> questions. No, no, uh, we'll, we're gonna figure something out. What, you know do, what we'll do? You know what we'll do next week? We'll do our five best non-Jordan cards. There you go. Uh, or we could do mail days sometimes. If we get a mail day, we could save it. For mail day. I don't want to copy off of our friends, who the trendsetter friends that we oh, have. That, yeah, I, I don't want to be. That. All right. I mean, we're already riding coattails. Like, you know, the lead is, you know, it's like PSA and we're, you know, HGA. I'm, I'm not going to. I don't want to copy <laughs> and go with mail days, right? That's I don't want to do that. That's cool. I, I get it. But we'll, we'll do five best non-Jordan cards. Or maybe we'll do five best cards in the 90s to kind of stay in the 90s uh, motif since you're a 90s auction house. Okay. Uh, future '90s auction house business owner. Well, maybe we'll do our best '90s cards and yeah, not Jordan. That would be right. fun. I think people would like that. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Or maybe somebody can comment and tell us what they want to see. How about that? Right. We'll open it up to the floor, and somebody can tell us what card. I hope they don't say like your five best carry kittles or something like that. Right? I'd be in trouble. Right. We would both be in trouble. I have one. I have one. You can guess what time. it is. You can guess what it is. <laughs> um, all right. Last topic, and this is something. Um, this is something that's interesting. And uh, I don't want to sound morbid, right? But mm -hmm. but essentially, we want to talk about, you know, if your house is burning down, what's the last card you'd save? You know, it could be one of the ones we just talked about. It could be a totally different card. It could be a card that means more to you, um, you know, than, than money, right? It, it could mm -hmm. be, I don't know, you're 44 years old. You were probably collecting, you know, Dwight Gooden uh, Donrose rookie cards or whatever in 1985. It could be anything. So we'll talk about that. And then I also want to talk about exit strategy because I think that's something that, people in the hobby don't think about enough. Um, a lot of the new entrants in the hobby, and I'm not going to, I don't mean this to sound disparaging because I consider myself a new entrant into the hobby. I came in around 2016, I think. So I'm, you know, right on six years, something like that. But the people that kind of came into the hobby, maybe 2018, 19, 20, especially 2020 and beyond, um, they have a much shorter term vision, right? They, they think about, Almost they, they approach it investor first, collector second, whereas I still believe I, I always want to buy a card that I, I don't want to buy a card that I think is going to go down in value. But I'm always thinking, how do how does this fit into my collection? How much do I need this in my collection? Then I think about the investment aspect and I would never let the investment aspect really interfere with the collector side of me. How, how do you approach when you collect? Like as far as that goes, are you collector first, investor second or are you just pure collector? So I'm. Collector, really, first, um, there are cards that I buy with the intention of I'm buying these to flip them, yeah. so I have money to buy cards to collect. Amen. But when, I, but when I buy a card for my collection, I'm just like, I'm keeping this. I don't really care. Like, I'll overpay for stuff if it's something I really want, and, like, this is going in the box. I'm not I'm not doing anything with this. I, I'm okay with this, and I'll just buy it. But it is a, yeah, it's a very different perspective with uh, newer uh, people in the hobby, which is cool. I mean, I think it's always neat to have different perspectives, especially in a hobby like this, because, you know, 
if it just stays stagnant, it's boring, right? It's good to have. We can't all be like right. we can't all love the '90s because if we right. all just love the '90s, then all of the modern day cards would be worthless. Right, and, and the vintage stuff. Right, and we know, yeah, and the vintage stuff, right? Uh, right. And, and it can't be. Oh, it has to be ultra modern shiny because then, well, we've seen what's happened with '90s cards and vintage cards. They've exploded over the past, you know, 24 months. Well, they up and then down or whatever, but. Nevertheless, it's been it's been an, an interesting ride. So sure. we know uh, that's one of the beautiful things about the hobby is that you know collectors need investors, long term investors. Like I consider myself a long term investor. Like sure. will I die with those five cards you just saw? I will not. Right. I'll be the first one to say it. I'm not willing to you know come on camera and say I'm taking these to the grave or I'm giving these to my kids. I'm not. Uh, I am going to sell those cards. But you know what? Sure. I don't think about that exit strategy. How that's going to be accomplished. Um, and maybe it's just because, you know, in my mind, it's so far off, Josh. Um, yeah. And I don't want to think about it because it's sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I don't sure. want to think about not having this card in my collection. And I know people are laughing at me because it's in a vault in Oregon, right? But, but you still I feel it. the card, right? I, I mean, yeah. the card's in that vault. That's a decision I made, whatever. I know some people like to hold them and squeeze them and feel them and all that stuff. But I'm okay with collecting this way. But I don't like to think about that exit strategy, Josh, to be quite honest with you. Um, just because it's kind of sad. Do you get, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, on exit strategy? Like, when are you going to let go of that Jordan Diamond Dimensions? Is the answer absolutely never? I probably don't ever plan on getting rid of it. Like, I, I don't um, see a time when I would, I mean, you know, what I, where I'd have to sell it. You know, if if it came down to that, I think a lot of, a lot of other stuff went wrong along the That's way. Right. Um, but in terms of, like, exiting the hobby, I, I never think about that. I think about yeah. probably giving these to my kids when I get a lot older and if they're into it. Because they have the collecting bug a little bit, but they're into like, you know, Pokemon and stuff. They all start, you know, somewhere. So hopefully yeah. I'll, you know, give this on to them and we can do, because we go to shows together. They love it. Um, but yeah, if in terms of exit, I don't really think about it. You're right. It is sad. And I don't think about it, you know, mortality or, you know, stuff like that. Morbid. Of, of it. Yeah. But I do have instructions for my wife for where to, who to call and, you know, who yeah. to contact if anything happened and, you know. And then she'd probably be the one that did it. So, you know, I think she'd want the money anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah. Last episode, your kids, you had two boys. I still, yeah, still do. You still have them seven days have, later? Okay, good. Well, that's awesome. I know. Yeah. I tried getting them yeah. You have two boys. Have you thought about the family disaster that occurs when they're fighting over the diamond dimensions? When you, you passed away at age, you know, 97 and they're in their, what, mid-40s, mid-50s. Yeah. Have you thought about the family catastrophe that you've just created by not willing that particular card to one of those two kids? Because you know they're going to inherit that 50-50. Right. That's that's a good point. You need to think I about, that. about that. Profiles three, diamond dimensions. you you gotta, you got to pick a kid, man. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and tell them, like, you can each have half of the card and see what they say. If they say yeah. no, 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 then you, there you go. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, along the same lines of, of like exit strategy about when we're going to get out and how we're going to get out. I really haven't given much thought to it, but I think it's something um, that we should kind of reflect on as collectors in the hobby and invest. You know, the investors obviously probably have thought about it sure. and their exit strategy is like, you know, six months down the road. I'm obviously, you know, a lot of my cars, probably 90 percent of my collection, maybe 80 percent of my collection NFS, NFT. That means not for sale, not for trade for those of us on, you know, social media. So I don't, I've not given much thought to that. Going back to what you said, you brought up a great point. What happens if an alligator eats me or a train hits you or you get mugged in Chicago, like, you know, 90% of the population does. Uh, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, what does our wife do? 
how much does your wife know about the hobby? You know, you told me before we got on air, you, you must have the coolest wife in the world. She wanted to go see Dr. Strange. Oh, yeah. My she was dying. Yeah. My wife would have no idea who Dr. Strange is. No idea. If I told her I was going to see Dr. Strange, she would think it's a proctologist or, right. or something like, <laughs> what in the hell is he talking about? Right. Uh, but uh, but that's something you brought up a great point. Put something, and again, we're getting real dark and morbid here. And yeah. I, we're going to end it on something positive, right? I promise. <laughs> but, uh, put something in your will about what cards you own, just like you would if you have an E-Trade account, right? For us in our mid-40s, I'm not talking about guys in their mid to early 20s. Right. Um, you know, bad things happen to people all the time, regardless of their age. But, like, guys our age, you know, we've built up, you know, we're in our maximum earning capacity, you know, between age 40 and 55 probably, you know, cards are a big part of it. We've had a big run up. There's a lot of people out there who, you know, the, their net worth has gone up, you know, commensurate with their card collection and, and primarily because of their card collection. Uh, people who are, are never thought they would be wealthy could be extremely wealthy just because of how much they love cardboard the last 20 years. And so put something in your will, what you own, where it is. And, 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 and tell your significant other or your children, if you're not married, you know, just give them some idea. Here's a phone number. Here's an email address. Sure. Uh, get in touch. You just DM this person on Instagram. Hopefully Instagram will still exist by them or Facebook. You know, go find this person. They will be trustworthy and they will guide you what to do with your assets uh, after you pass away. And, and, you know, we both have a little bit of a different perspective on that because we're both attorneys. Now, I'm not a wills and estates attorney and you're not a wills and estates attorney. Um, you know, but, you know, we have that perspective because we see it happen all the time. People pass away and I get phone calls from family members asking, what in the, what do I do? Like they, they, they're a, they're distraught. They're sad. They've lost somebody they love more than anything on earth, you know, especially when it's a spouse situation and, uh, they're, they want guidance. They want to know what to do with it. Don't let cards be one more thing, right? Put it down on paper. Just get it out. Put it on paper. Put it in the bank deposit box with your most prized card, you know, uh, and then and then just add a list on there. Who do I get in touch with? You know, and, and right. let that person guide them. If you've got somebody out there that you know and trust like that, put yeah. that person's name and phone number down and uh, take that take that off your spouse. I feel like I'm like soliciting clients to do wills. I, I hate doing wills and successions, right? Okay. Gifts and stiffs. I don't trust them. Yeah. Yeah, I move it along, right? I just move it along to somebody who does that for a living. Um, no family law stuff for me. But uh, but anyway, that's that's kind of it. Just you know, exit strategy. It's interesting. If you if you don't have an exit strategy and you've got a big buttload of cards and you haven't thought about it, just take a yeah. step back and think about it. Maybe even bounce some questions off people that you know and you trust in the hobby. That have been doing it for a long time and just see what they think you know sure. hey what are your thoughts what are your plans you know what do you envision having you know a, the same smaller the same or a much larger collection 10 12 15 years from now you know yeah. when you're yeah. 70 are you going to want these cards or are you going to want to you know be on an island in greece you know or what, right. what I mean? yeah. or, or do you want to buy your kids cars you want to buy your grandkids cars and pay for tuition stuff just thinking about stuff like that um, you know, I hope it doesn't diminish the love that we have as collectors. I'm not sitting here, you know, I hope that doesn't diminish everybody's perspective of me as a collector, but you've got to think about the monetary aspect of this cardboard the same way you would a stock certificate, and, you know, or precious gems or diamonds or, you know, whatever, um, your house and all that stuff. I think you lump it in with all those other assets, don't you? Yeah, I think so. That's a smart way to do it. Cause yeah, yeah. I always got a plan though.
Yeah, always playing. Um, that's it. One more thing I wanted to talk about, and I just wanted to share this with my viewers. This is neither here nor there, and I said three topics, but this is another one, something that I discovered. Anytime I figure out something new in the hobby, and you already knew this because we were talking about it before we went on air, um, I had a ton of inventory. I'm talking about low-end inventory. These are 12 to $125 slab cards that I've had up on eBay forever. I'm getting no traction. Uh, I priced them buy it now or best offer, not auction. So this is probably, mm -hmm. I had probably 175 listings, Josh. None of these cards mean anything to me. They're not special, right? These are, mm -hmm. these are cards that I that the investor side of me came in, buy raw, grade them, flip them. Well, I got caught by PSA's one-year delay, sometimes 15 months. Cards that were worth $180 are now worth $25, the ultra-modern mm -hmm. shiny base stuff. And, um, and they were just sitting there and I was like, it was causing anxiety to build. It was causing anxiety to build up. I'm like, oh my God, I've got more slabs. Every week I have more slabs and I'm not moving any of this other inventory. And, and honestly, I'm sitting on the sidelines. As you know, we've talked about this. I want to get back in. I want to start buying more cards. I'm going to start, you know, keeping the money moving so I can buy new stuff and add to my collection. I didn't know you can go on eBay and convert all of your buy it now or best offer in a bulk thing to auctions. So I could start. I could take 75 buy it now listings that I have and I can click a button, drop down, boom, seven day auction. You can click when it starts, when it ends, you know, all that stuff. And then boom. And they all switch over as long mm -hmm. as you you know set the, the, the same beginning, you know, starting price. Right. Yeah. You knew that you have you ever done that before? I have. You know, I have. Yeah. Not 75 because I don't want to. We have to package and label 75 cards, but I don't either. That's what my I, son's for. It's right. You got kids. It's right. There you go. Built in labor. Right. It's great. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was just something that I thought was interesting. And so all that stuff, and the reason I brought it up is it all ended right before we got on the air. And so my phone, my phone, where it's Mother's Day, we're sitting there, ding. we're out by the pool, you know, my kids are running around and my phone starts going ding, 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 <laughs> literally just like that. And it goes for like, five minutes nonstop because I staggered them, right? I staggered them to end like like a minute apart. And every minute for like 85 straight minutes, it's dinging. Your item sold. And then I'll look at it, $12 free shipping. And I'm like, oh, after eBay fees, there's seven more bucks in my pocket, you know, if you, you don't have a full mailer that I got to pay for. So, uh, But luckily, uh, one buyer bought like, you know, bulk and stuff like that. Okay. So it's easy to ship. But anyway, that is the... Uh, that's the plight of the uh, ultra modern flipper uh, side right. of me, right? So I've got to ship out a bunch of crap after we get off the air tonight. But uh, anyway, what else? Anything else? You got anything to add? You excited? Uh, it, I mean, this is good. We're at the 58 minute mark. We're going to finish just under an hour. Anything you want to add about 90sauction.com? Um, well, well, two things. One was the last card we were gonna, ever going to sell. But also, did you want to talk about that? I forgot. I assumed it was the last card you showed. It's not. It's you got a monster. No, you got I, mean, a I, I totally cut you off. Show us what you got. It's okay. Well, no, it's, it's not basketball, though. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is probably the only card, the one card, if the house is on fire, I'd, I'd, I'd take. It's uh, I posted this on Instagram before. That's Satchel Page's brother? It's Le Yes, Leroy. It's his twin brother. It's, it's Satchel Page. It says Satchel Page in the back, actually. It says Leroy yeah. Satchel Page. So it's really yeah. him. This is a 48-leaf baseball, Um, his rookie card. 48 Leaf did two sets. They did the first print, and it has the Ruth is the number one card. There's Ted Williams. The Jackie Robinson is in the first is in the first run, and it's got Honus Wagner, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, Warren Spahn, bunch of old vintage baseball guys, right? right. Then they – and it was just to make the gum. Then 
they made a second run and they're those are known as the short prints and okay. the short prints are skip skip numbered so not every so when they released cards in 48 in august and they did it after ruth died because ruth died in august of 48 so that first ruth card is actually a tribute card because he was no longer he was dead um yes that's card number one but then card number you know card number eight was paid so that card wasn't available yet so kids are buying gum like where the hell are the rest of these cards and then a few months later they start leaf put out the short print series uh, Mr. Mint, who was this guy, Alan Rosen, who died, I think, three years ago. He was always at the Nationals, old-time collector and dealer and huckster. He was a goofball, but he was good for the hobby. He found a, a, a sealed case of 48-leaf baseball in, a, in a, I think, an attic somewhere in Michigan. He cracked the entire thing, which, you know, is terrible to me because, like, you're <laughs> never going to find a sealed box in your life. Little did he know. Right? He, they found three pages – and they found over like 20 roots. So the 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 number of the, this card is, is very rare. It's one of the it's considered the rarest post-war baseball card out there. So it's I don't know the pop report on these so much, but I bought this in I believe it was either 2011 or 2010 uh, from a heritage auction. And I had them delivered to me when they were in Chicago for the November show, but they still charge me shipping. So and that's the old <laughs> delivery. It's called a delivery fee right. when they give it to you. They had that's, it bring uh, it with them, right? That's the old SGC label, right? This is. I've never gotten this out. It's gonna be. There's a. There's a miscut on the bottom because you. Can, if you can't see on here, but on the bottom of that, there's like a cut of a different card. You can see the text from a different okay. card on there. So it's. I mean, and the condition. I don't care about that. I just. Yeah. I just wanted a copy, and these are known for very poor registration. Like, like the hat, there's like the. I love the colors of these two, so I need three cards for the set, and I'm I'm, I'm never I'm never selling that set, but I'm never selling this card. Dude, like, when you me. talk about cards, I just feel dumber every time you talk. I feel I feel dumber. Like I don't. Yeah, I'm serious. Like you got more knowledge in your pinky finger than I got in my my whole body. So when you tell a story about a card, I feel like a a freaking ultra modern, you know sneaker flipper here you know you know having these chintzy modern cars right and you go back and you tell a you have a soliloquy for five minutes about a card that i've never seen in my life but it's the number one card that you would save if your house is on fire is i'm an idiot so yeah. don't don't think it is, so don't worry about that That's, it sounds like you love cards there's nothing i'm uh, talking with you all day about this uh, all right well look we're gonna we're gonna kill it here in about an hour and two minutes um right. but um uh, thanks Thank for joining you. me again. I'll see you next Sunday. We're going to release this. Uh, I think we decided we're going to release these every Monday at 4 p.m. It's awesome. Um, I love doing this with you. Cool, cool. Every and and I, obviously I was kidding. The comments were all very favorable. Same, uh, yeah. Most of the people liked you and everything you said mattered and everything I said was just, you know, Always Cajun me. rhetoric. Well, no one's listening by now. They all shut. They all cut off. Actually, <laughs> like that's it. Uh, so thank you. And yeah, thanks for giving a platform for the auction house. I really appreciate you. Doing absolutely, that. absolutely. Uh, happy Mother's Day to your thank wife you. and mother, and all wives and mothers out there, especially my wife and my mother. Um, and um, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, that's the end of it. And so uh, keep collecting, stay positive, and peace. Always take care. All right. Yep.